0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fair to middling, babe. Fair to middling. That's a good thing. I have, uh, you know, I wake up in the morning always excited to do Mm. this show, but I'm telling you, and I'm not overselling this, today's show is stacked. Stacked! So much so, Joe and I were screwing around before the thing, which we are always messing around before the show, and we were actually playing the drops for each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm coming for you, Elizabeth. (laughs) Dig it. (laughs) Dig it. This is what we were doing before the show. So in case you think like this is an act between Joe and I, it's not. We spent about five minutes just playing drops, for each other not on the air just laughing <laughs> just laughing her butts off about, about drops oh no! Oh, the listen, whole you, time. you almost got it you almost got oh, it oh man there you i'm trying all right so here's what i got for you today i'm gonna try to get to it all i have some unbelievable news about the obama administration and their role in this entire debacle that's going to just blow your mind. And I came across in some research, this is why I'm stoked about the show, this morning, another mind-blowing mind-blowing piece of information about the Clinton administration, an investigation that's going on. And you know how I always tell you, you know, remember the names? Mm-hmm. In this case, it's going to be, remember the name of an organization. And when I say it, you're going to be like, wait, what? What? And it's all going to make sense why the, just to sum this up, why the Obama administration, and the Clintons are covering up this whole debacle, the spying thing, why they needed it, why they needed Trump to go away. Um, I want to get to this. Cash's control thing too, because there's a really cool piece I read and a couple hmm. other things. So uh, let me get right to it. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Gotenna at Gotenna.com. It's like antenna with a go. And why would it be like antenna with a go? Gotenna? Gotenna.com. G-O-T-E-N-N-A.com. Because this product is, it's incredible. You don't, you can communicate using your smartphone with this product with no cell tower, no wireless signal, Nothing. This is great if you're, if you're out there, if you, if you like to hike, you're out there in the woods, if you're taking an international trip, if you go on cruises, if you're a person like me who's concerned about hurricanes and down cell towers and the loss of electricity and internet service, you can communicate with your loved ones using your cell phone, using this device. I love this thing. It's one of my favorite sponsors here. Gotenna Mesh. It's a tiny but mighty device. It pairs with any smartphone and enables the first 100%, folks, off-grid, mobile, long-range, consumer-ready mesh network. You can send texts, GPS locations, immediately and automatically, privately, one-to-one order groups, or as public shouts, without any cell service routers towers or satellites. It's perfect to maintain connectivity and create a backup network when off-grid exploring, traveling internationally, or emergency situations where power and cell service is unreliable and unavailable. We unfortunately we have that a lot down here in Florida. Go get this thing. It's a new revolutionary technology. It's the first company of its kind to use phones to communicate without the cell internet or satellite service. The future is now. Uh, GoTenna is compatible with any iOS or Android device. I used to say iOS, it drives people crazy. <laughs> iOS or Android device, thanks for all the emails. Seriously, helps you leverage the smartphone you already have in your pocket. It'll extend your network. Folks, this thing is great. You're preparing for an emergency situation, you're spending time outdoors, go pick it up. The website is gotenna.com. That's G-O-T-E-N-N-A dot com. Gotenna dot com. Here's a promo code. You'll save $35. Promo code is Dan35. Go check it out. Gotenna dot com. Promo code Dan35. All right, let's get right to it. So, uh, first, before I get to the stories, um, so Trump... Uh, Put forth some new sanctions yesterday on Russia, proposed new sanctions on Russia yesterday. And uh, this, I've always told you the hallmark of a conspiracy theory is when it's always self reinforcing. In other words, the hallmark of a nonsensical conspiracy theory is no matter what facts or data come out, it always reinforces the conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. This is how you know the Trump Russia fiasco. And this is going to be a perfect lead into my story today. The Trump Russia, the, the, you know, nonsensical Mueller X Files investigation based on nothing is a conspiracy theory because yesterday he proposes these sanctions on Russia, which are going to impact Russia enormously putin is pissed about it and what what are people on the left coming out saying this is evidence of the of the trump russia (laughs) scandal joe i'm not kidding it's ridiculous they're like look he's now (laughs) confirming this is the logic of the looney tunes kooky left they're saying look he's now confirming that russia Embedded itself in our election process. They overturn the process. They work to get him elected, and he's confirming it by imposing sanctions on him. Oh, Joe, you see my face? What am I doing right now, Joe? Oh. <laughs> you got your head in your hands. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't take it, folks. <laughs> this is the hallmark of a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy theory. The 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 the. You see this every time. No matter what comes out, it is evidence. That The conspiracy happened. So he's imposing sanctions to impact Russia, but he's supposedly a friend of Russia and Russia used him and got him elected to help Russia. But he's using sanctions on Russia to hurt Russia. But him trying to hurt Russia is evidence of the fact that the Russians got him elected. Uh, all right. You're just you're all nuts now. Now, I bring that up because this is obviously a conspiracy theory. But why? You know, the why is the left? The radical left and the Obama and Clinton team still so committed to keeping this conspiracy theory Mueller investigation ongoing. Yeah. Oh, did I come up with some fantabulous info yesterday. So these pieces will all be in the show notes, by the way. And I uh, insist uh, you look at them, please. If I, I can't really insist, but I want you to check them out and be really good. There is a piece by Lee Smith and tablet mag. Lee Smith has been doing extraordinary work. I will put it in the show notes today, which covers how the Obama team may have covered its tracks a little bit while they were spying on the Trump team during the campaign and his subsequent presidential elect period. Right. Yeah. This is interesting, Joe. Smith says, according to one of his sources, there are two clouds of information out there. Joe, mm-hmm. you have the NSA cloud, where a lot of the metadata is stored. In other words, to yeah. keep it simple, folks, where Joe Armacost and my texts and emails are, right? Yes. That's the NSA cloud, right? Right. Apparently, according to his sources, there's a CIA cloud, too. Really? Now, upper level people in the national security and intelligence apparatus, Joe, can move information between these two clouds. They're not necessarily the same information. So you're tracking me here? This yeah, is cool. I'm tracking you. This was a great piece of info. Smith says in this piece that, according to one of his sources, the NSA cloud can be audited. Um, I don't want to say easily or, but but it's it the, the process is a little simpler and more elegant to audit the NSA, uh, the NSA. So if you're going to tap into NSA metadata to spy on Joe, Joe in the NSA cloud, mm-hmm. there's an audit trail there. Mm-hmm. Let me just read to you his, but this is from Smith directly in a piece, and please read this in the show notes. It is a spectacular piece, right? According to his sources, he says, the NSA database, with its large and ongoing collection of electronic communications, can be accessed through the NSA's cloud, said one former senior intelligence official. The NSA can audit it and find out if analysts are violating the rules. Goes on, though. This is important. The NSA does not audit the CIA's cloud which is audited by the CIA's IT people and Amazon Web Service employees who are given security clearances, says the former official. Now, why does that matter? I read this. I'm like, damn, this makes perfect sense. The Obama team doesn't want to leave. Remember, I've said to you from the start here, they're spying. They were spying on the Trump team. They were spying on the Trump team through foreign intelligence that was giving them information. Again, Mm -hmm. already reported by CNN and others. It's not conspiracy theory stuff. The British GCHQ and other foreign governments are giving the Obama team information and their intel apparatus on the Trump team. Mm -hmm. As time goes on, it becomes clear, I believe, to the Obama team that they need a legal face to the spying operation. So they find Carter Page, a convenient scapegoat who had already worked with the FBI, In a case locking up a Russian spy where Carter Page assisted the FBI. Mm -hmm. They see, whether in the newspapers or they get wind through their political channels, the Obama team... That Carter Page is jumping on board as a foreign policy advisor with the Trump team. Remember, Joe, at the time Mm -hmm. you and I lived through the uh, campaign and we're both in political talk radio. The Trump team, you remember, had a really difficult time recruiting high quality foreign policy people. They'd already been scooped up by Rubio and Cruz and Walker in the beginning and other people. Trump had a tough time. That's how Carter Page, who listen, I don't know the guy personally, I'm not knocking him, but he's not really a top tier, tier one foreign policy guy if you were running for president. But the Trump team didn't have a choice. So the Obama political class and their insiders get when the Carter Page is joining the Trump team. I'm still not sure how exactly that happens, who pushes him in there, whatever. But the, somebody, a, a bells and whistles go off. Ah, oh, we got our guy. This guy's worked with the FBI before. We know he's had contact with the Russians. He can be the legal face. So they go and get a FISA warrant on Carter Page. Knowing they have the two-hop rule, the two-hop rule meaning they can spy on Carter Page, his texts, his emails, hop to someone he's communicated with, and then hop again to the person that person's communicated with, which, folks, effectively means that by spying on Carter Page through the legal FISA process, they can spy on the entire Trump team through those two hops. Think about what that means. If I'm going to spy on Joe, Joe emails uh, whatever, Dan Bongino. They don't only get my emails, they get everybody I email's emails too. That's the two hops. So by two hops, they have a legal face on what was an illicit operation, I believe, and an effort to circumvent and kind of arbitrage the process, the spying process in the past by getting information from foreign governments. They knew that couldn't go on forever. Now. One of the other, so we clear on this, Joe. The mechanisms to spy: first, they're getting information from overseas intelligence. They know that can't continue forever. Right. They then put a legal face on it by going after Carter Page and getting the FISA warrant. Yep. The third prong of this attack is unmasking episodes. All right. Pretending you're spying on foreigners. When what you're really doing is reverse targeting, it's perfectly legal to spy on foreigners who are, uh, you know, and foreign government officials, and it should be, who are not U.S. citizens and not in the United States. Uh, they have no constitutional protections. Mm-hmm. What is not legal is to say you're doing that, but what you're really doing is listening in on the conversations of Americans talking to them. Here's the catch. Those Americans are masked, meaning it just says when you're spying on those foreign people, uh, you know, whatever, Russian ambassador so-and-so. Talks to U.S. person one. Well, that doesn't help if the identity's masked. Mm-hmm. You need to know who person one is. So you unmask you. Un- that's what unmasking is now. Unmasking, although bizarrely legal, I-, I don't think it's constitutional. Let me be crystal clear on that. But legal is the third prong by which the Obama team spied. It's important you understand that. I know I've explained it, and I don't mean to, you know, beat you to death with it. But you really have to get that. When you understand that was the core of the spying operation, you understand why they had to cover their tracks, mm. because it was going to be understood through these unmasking requests that left a paper trail, mm. or at minimum an electronic trail. Probably more apropos in this electronic era, it left an electronic trail. And ladies and gentlemen, it was going to be quite obvious through an audit trail of unmasking requests and other, and other requests to tap into the metadata database. It was going to be obvious that all of the people who were unmasked were Trump people. <laughs> Meaning U.S. Person 1, U.S. Person 2, U.S. Person 2762. Wow, it's <laughs> awfully convenient they were all Trump people. Which would have said obviously that this was a reverse targeting operation. They weren't targeting foreigners; they were targeting the Trump people. What by chance you were only listening in on foreigners who were talking oh, yeah. to people connected to the Trump team? What do you think? We're idiots. What was that? What was the movie? What, what movie was that? For? Oh, it was Rocky Four. When uh, when the kid is sitting there and, and and he's watching his dad fight Drago, and he the kid, Rocky's son is home, and he goes, "That's my dad." And his friends go, "We know." What do you think we are, nerds? Well, this is one of them. What do you think we are, nerds? If it's going to, if the unmaskings are all of Trump people, it's obvious you were not targeting foreigners. You were targeting them, so they had to hide it. Now that you've got the setup again, and I've told you the initial story, does it make sense now why Lee Smith's piece may be onto something? Mm-hmm. If they continually did this, Joe, through the NSA cloud, the NSA cloud is audited in a more rigorous process which leaves an electronic trail of, holy crap, look at all this. These, they were tapping into this database for this guy, that guy, and they're all Trump people. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Yet you can transfer the information from one cloud to the next, and the CIA cloud was controlled by... Who was the director of the CIA? Ah, let, me let me think. Huh? Scratch me. You got that head scratcher there, that head scratching uh, drop? Okay. Yeah. The head scratch, it reveals an unbelievable piece of information. Oh, once I touch my head and scratch it, all the information, it was John Brennan. There we go. How did I forget that? John Brennan. Obviously, I knew who it was. Sarcasm dripping from my fangs. John Brennan, political hack of the highest order, knee deep in this entire thing, and the one pushing this story about the dossier and Trump being a bad guy the entire time. Move it from the NSA cloud. The NSA cloud, controlled at the time by Mike Rogers, Mike Rogers, who, as I've told you from episode 628 on, is the guy I believe, and many others believe, did not want to play ball with this spying operation. Remember, it's Mike Rogers at the NSA who requests an audit of all of these attempts to access and and get information from the metadata database. He requests an audit because he smells something wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. He's also the one who visits Trump after the election, November 17th, after he wins, 10 days afterwards, at Trump Tower. Makes an unannounced visit, doesn't tell the Obama team he still works for. Remember, Trump's just the president-elect. And then Trump conveniently evacuates Trump Tower the next day and goes up to Bedminster, New Jersey. Convenient how that happens. Now does the they wiretap, us March tweet make all the sense in the world? Oh, yeah! Oh! Yeah. You're darn right, Randy. What did Rogers tell him that day? Folks, I I'm, I can't get out of my lane. I obviously I was not in on the conversation, but I find it awfully suspicious that a senior government source is saying, "Hey, they moved information or could have moved information from the NSA cloud controlled by a guy who visits Trump and Trump Tower." Mike Rogers said is head of the NSA after he's elected. Doesn't tell Obama about it and his team. Trump leaves Trump Tower the next day. Rogers knows about this whole spying operation, unquestionably. Mm. Then The following days after that, Brennan and the Obama team call for Rogers to be fired, which is amazing. They're leaving office in weeks. Why do they want Rogers to be fired now? Now, is Rogers a good guy in all this? I'm not sure. You may say, well, Dan, you're telling us now or you're at least insinuating that Rogers may have told Trump he was being spied on. I'm not sure if he was covering his butt or if he was really a good guy. And I'm not. I don't know. He may be the good guy. He may have just been covering his own butt. You see what I'm saying, Joe? I'm saying, listen, now that Trump got elected, I don't want any part of this thing anymore. I'm not sure. I don't know. I know my limits on this. But I'm telling you, coincidence. When it adds up, no case in a. I'm. I was an investigator. Nothing is ever proven. Okay, it is proven beyond a reasonable doubt. I have been laying out to you from episode 628 on a series of coincidences here that are getting well beyond a reasonable doubt that there was a crime committed, leaking of classified information, spying on of the Trump team outside of um outside of the probable cause limitations on it. Now, if the information if what Smith is saying in this piece, which is really staggering, Joe, mm-hmm. that information may have been moved from the cloud, the NSA cloud to the CIA cloud. That's that, that's staggering in and of itself. The, the, the question we should ask is, well, why was it moved? Yeah. If it's the same information, why not access it through the NSA channels? And if it was to avoid an audit trail. Because the CIA was under control of John Brennan, a political hack at the time, and Obama crony, whereas Rogers wasn't a crony, that, man, we got a darn serious problem. Is this making sense, Joe? I mean, I read this this morning. I was like, oh, I can't wait to get on the air with yeah, this. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Now, just one more quote from the Lee Smith piece. Read it. It's so, so good. It's, it's about Mueller and him covering his tracks and what they're covering up. But that's how I started off. That's why, that's why I started off telling you about the spy game, the foreign intelligence, the unmasking requests, and then the legal face of the Carter Page FISA warrant to show you how they have to cover this up. And that's the gist of the Lee Smith piece, that this Mueller thing is a smokescreen. It's a facade. I've been saying that forever. Yeah. He goes on in the piece, this former official that Lee Smith is talking to, this intelligence guy says, there are people in the CIA, the office of the DNI, Director of National Intelligence and the National Security Council staff who can move information from the NSA cloud into the CIA cloud. That seems like the likeliest scenario to explain how Obama officials first unmasked US persons and then shared information without leaving a trail that could be either audited independently or immediately at every step. What? Wow. What? Wait, come again. This is mind blowing information. Smith is right on this, that they transplanted information from one database, the NSA, controlled by basically a non Obama bootlicker to a agency controlled, sadly, by an Obama bootlicker in Brennan for the sole purpose of unmasking it. Oh, ah, my gosh. I mean, you, Joe, you can see my facial response here. This is like, this is a big one. I'm dying. You hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. Tell him, baby. Tell him, Red. That's exactly how I... Uh, 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 let me do it for you, Joe. Uh, Paula, yeah. I'm coming for you. Paula, thankfully, is not dead yet, so don't have to worry about that. Love my wife. Well, uh, Elizabeth had sadly passed for Red Fox there. Sanford and son, right? Yeah. This is this is incredible information. How and, and and shame on me, folks. I mean it. Shame on me, big time. I was sent this article a few days ago in tablet man. It'll be in the show notes today at Bongino.com. Please go to my website. Please sign up for my email list on my website at Bongino.com. I will email you these articles. They are so important. But shame on me, someone sent this to me days ago and I missed it. I have just been so busy with the NRA TV show and I've got to do an interview at 60 Minutes uh, Australia tonight and everything. I have been so overwhelmed that I missed the damn article. And finally yesterday I get a breather. We were doing photos, promotion photos for NRA TV. And I read through it and I'm like, what? What? Wait, why? Yeah. How the how the mm, did I miss this? <laughs> They're moving information from one cloud to the next for the sole purpose of unmasking. And I missed this. Oh, my gosh. I was so upset at myself. Now, all right. I've got don't even think about turning this show off. I'm sorry. I love you to death. And I don't mean to sound like an authoritarian liberal tyrant, but please don't turn the show off today. We may have to go a little long because I've got so much juice for you today. It's incredible. (laughs) I'm not done. But I, we, you know, the show's got to be paid for, and I always sincerely appreciate your patience uh, for this. Our sponsors are really great. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Freedom Project Academy. Hey, folks, American schools are nothing like a lot of us remember growing up. Now it's all about safe spaces, <laughs> liberal propaganda. Seriously, I mean, it's about 20% learning, 80% propaganda now. And even though technology continues to offer new opportunities for learning, I think we can all agree that traditional moral values that were once woven into the fabric of the classroom have practically disappeared, said. That's why you need to consider our friends at Freedom Project Academy and their fully accredited Judeo-Christian classical online school for kindergarten all the way through high school. We're talking about an incredible interactive education where students, they attend live classes, folks, every day with real teachers and fellow classmates from across the country. It's not like some electronic teacher. This is the real deal. Freedom Project Academy doesn't accept a penny of government funding, which allows them to stay committed to things like teaching students how to think, not what to think. Families can enroll students full-time or start with a single class. It is entirely up to you. Go to, get ready for the website here, freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com and request your free information packet today from Freedom Project Academy. Enrollment ends in July, but classes are filling up fast. That's freedomforschool.com. Freedomforschool.com. And don't forget to tell them the Dan Bongino show sent them your way. I really appreciate that. Okay. Another article I saw that'll be in the show notes today. That is just unbelievable. That I, again, couldn't wait to get on the air. It's from uh, Deborah Hine, I think, at PJ Media. Be in the show notes. Go check it out yourself. I had known about this because I've said it on the show, but I didn't know about a second portion of it, okay? Obama's Obama for America, which turned into organizing for America, had made some payments to a law firm that was involved in this Hillary scandal, a Hillary-Obama spying scandal. We'd known about that. I've said it on the show before. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize how deep this went. Now, here's what I mean by this. Perkins Coie is the law firm that was paid by Hillary Clinton's campaign to basically hide the money that they were going to pay to Fusion GPS to pay the British spy to get information on Trump. Hillary's team pays this law firm, Perkins Coie, because they don't want to pay Fusion GPS directly or else it'll become obvious that they're trying to generate bad information on Trump from overseas. Perkins Cooey is the law firm that the money gets shuttled to, okay? Obama for America, which turns into Organizing for America after his election win the second time because he can't run again. There's no Obama campaign arm necessary, but he doesn't want to give up all those emails and those personnel. He has a thing called Organizing for America after that, which is his campaign arm. They made nearly a million dollars in payments to Perkins Cooey as well. But Hine has a fascinating uh, angle on this that I hadn't considered, One of the things they paid people in Fusion GPS to do, the uh, Obama for America, that is back in 2012 when he was running against Mitt Romney, Joe, Mm -hmm. was to go and hunt down big time Republican donors and basically destroy their credibility, too. Why am I bringing any of this up in relationship to what I told you before? uh here's why folks Hmm. i'm constantly asked the question at speeches on emails uh people who call and talk radio when i fill in okay dan we get it but why spy on trump why frame him why try to set up the trump team like you're claiming they did folks they had so much to hide i mean that's why i discussed the nsa cloud cia cloud story first if 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 the information was available in both of these clouds, and if I'm and listen, if, if you're a if you're a senior government intel guy, and you know it's, it, you're not going to be breaking any rules, and you think I'm wrong, challenge me on it. But why worry about an audit trail in the NSA cloud and move information? Why worry about an audit trail if you're not doing anything wrong? Folks, they were spying to cover up all of the misdeeds they had done in the past. The spying, Uranium One, all of this stuff. They needed Trump to be guilty. They had to dirty him up. Now they already had a template for doing it. And that's why I'm discussing this second story. The template for doing it was the 2012 model by Obama. Obama's team hired who? Fusion GPS. Mm-hmm. Who paid Fusion GPS? The same law firm, Perkins Coie, that, they, that Hillary Clinton paid to hire Fusion GPS before. The model was already there. Except in the 2012 election, they probably didn't have any dirt on Romney. Seriously, they probably re- really didn't have much. I mean, Romney uh, is probably, let a, I'm not a huge Mitt Romney guy, but I met him personally when I was doing a George W. Bush uh, Secret Service uh, advance out in um Out in Utah, I think he has like a a log cabin out there or something like that. And his family was very nice. I can almost guarantee you they did research on him the same way Fusion GPS and them attacked Donald Trump and probably didn't find anything of, of, you know, of note, Joe. So what did they do? They moved on to attacking Romney's donors. And Hein talks about in the piece how Perkins Coie paid Fusion. And then they got this information on this guy, Frank Vandersloot. I think he's the Melaleuca guy. But he was one of the bigger donors to Romney. They get information on him. Van der Sloot. So Van der Sloot donates to Romney. Fusion GPS investigating Van der Sloot, Joe. All of a sudden, Joe, what happens? Vandersloot gets audited by the IRS. Oh, all a coincidence, folks. Nothing to worry about here. Nothing to see here, folks. If Woody would have went right to the police, none of this would have ever happened for you Woody Woodpecker fans. Mm. Not only that... The Obama team establishes a website that they're called the truth team, Joe. Yeah. They should be called the witch hunt team. They establish a website called Keeping the GOP Honest. where they out all of these donors and information they get on them? Donors to the Republican Party. The template for action was already there. I The Obama team, Obama himself, by the way, they're losing plausible deniability that they didn't know about the spying scandal, the abuse of the FISA courts, the abuse of foreign intelligence to gather information on Trump, the abuse of the unmasking process. They are losing credibility by the day. The model was there. They'd already done it in 2012. Hey, I know how to get Trump. You know, we went after Romney last time with Fusion GPS. We couldn't find much, but we went after his donors. Right, right, right. So here's what we're going to do with the Trump team. We're going to go after Trump. We're going to try to find something on him. And if we don't, we're going to go after the Trump team. I mean, unbelievable, right? Yeah, yeah. This story just keeps getting worse. The same exact model, just to reiterate here. Money passed to an opposition research firm through the very same law firm, Perkins Coie, So they can hide it, hide the payments. The uh, Fusion GPS is paid by the law firm in both cases, Spygate and the Obama 2012 election. And then they use the machine of government to attack people. In the 2012 case, it's the IRS auditing all these people, Vander Sloopy and one of them, a Romney donor. In 2016, in the 2016 election, it's the intelligence agencies. Why? You may say, well, why not just repeat the the, uh, the past strategy and use the IRS, Joe, in 2016, rather than any intelligence agencies. Mm-hmm. Because they were already busted. The IRS scandal had already been outed. They couldn't repeat it again. They'd already been outed. Remember Lois Lerner, yep. the whole targeting conservative groups? They couldn't go back to the well again. They already got called out. So they're thinking to themselves, I can imagine this, Joe. They're, they're scratching their heads and they're like, okay. 2012, we used the IRS successfully to go after some Trump donors. Mm. We outed them, but using Fusion GPS, and we paid a law firm to hide the payments to Fusion GPS. Mm. Let's do the exact same thing, but we can't use the IRS again because the media already knows that scam. So I got it. Let's go through the intelligence agencies this time. Genius. Oh yeah. This is these sad, tragic, horrible, potentially criminal, but genius. This is what they do. This is why I'm so afraid of Democrats and liberals. They terrify me. They are in love with big government and all of its inglorious power. This is what they do. This is why Republicans are so terrified of the power of big government, libertarians all the time, because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, to quote Lord Acton. It is the one of the greatest quotes in human history because it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. They were corrupted. They were hiding all of this. All right. I got a lot more to get to, folks. So much to talk about today. Um, all right, let's jump into it here. Another angle on this thing. So there's a story up in Zet that, again, will be in the show notes. Sorry to keep uh, bringing that up. I'm not really not trying to wear you out here. But that, that should be the T-shirt, by the way. Please read the show notes. Please read the show. That'll be one of them. We have I have quite a few. I, I'm already thinking about what our signature line in the mug is going to be, and I think I got that. So that'll be a surprise coming. We're working on that. Thank you for all the feedback on that, by the way. But there's a really cool piece um, in Life Set today that uh, I encourage you to read, and it is about the tax filings, Joe, mm-hmm. of the Clinton Foundation. Now, again, to dial this out to 30,000 feet, what the theme of this show today is, is the Obama team... Spied on the Trump team using a template they had already seen in 2012 instead of the IRS. They used the intelligence agencies this time. They had to cover their tracks. They covered their tracks, according at least to this tablet mag piece, potentially, through the moving around of information to, to not leave an audit trail. But what the theme of the show is what are they covering? They were covering the spying, covering Uranium One, but they're covering something else. That the Clintons knew they needed to hide, and it's the Clinton Foundation. Folks, the Clinton Foundation um, has some serious problems, to say the least. His peace and life set today is damning. The essence of it is this. California uh, is a very wealthy state, very liberal state, deeply troubled state at this point. But the taxes are so high that charities schemes and scams are common in liberal states, Joe, because people in liberal states need to shield their money from the very high taxes. Mm-hmm. So California has a very unique, just follow me here, folks, it's really important, has a very unique set of tax filing regulations at the state level um, and disclosure rules that don't necessarily, uh, aren't um, are stricter than some other states. One of those is you have to declare portions of government funding in your charitable foundation's findings. If you read the piece, it explains it a little more clearly than I am now. Just know this, California's state-specific tax filing documents, if you run a charity, forms of government funding have to be disclosed. That's creating a real problem and headache for the Clinton Foundation, Joe, because there are large discrepancies in the Clinton Foundation's federal tax filings and the potentially stricter rules with regards to certain funding in California mm-hmm. and their findings and their and their filings in California. Matter of fact, the discrepancies in some cases are enormous. There are millions of dollars missing and there's links to all of this in the life Z piece. There are millions of dollars missing in the California fi- filings. Those California filings, Joe tax filings by the Clinton Foundation have been rejected in other words, even in a liberal state, they're like, uh, Houston, we got a problem here. Hmm. There is something clearly wrong now. Now, I always say, remember the names. In this case, it's going to be remember the name of an organization. One of the headaches they're having in the California findings are funding that came into a subset of the Clinton Foundation, a portion of it called the Clinton Health Access Initiative. The Clinton Health Access Initiative under the Clinton Foundation has received many millions of dollars from governments, the same kind of money that would have to be declared in California, and that's coming up in major discrepancies between the two, so much so that even California's like, no, no, this filing's not, not good. You need to refile this and clean this up. There's millions missing. Mm-hmm. Now, i read this piece in Life's That Again, someone sent it to me, and I always tell you, remember the names, and a name jumped right out. Clinton Health Access Initiative, government money. Where have I seen that name before? Let me read you a piece. Again, we'll be in the show notes by John Solomon at the Hill. It's a couple weeks old. The piece is about our friend Alexander Downer. Alexander Downer who met with George Papadopoulos in the bar in London, and according to the FBI, at least, started this whole investigation into Trump. I always say to you with Downer, Downer's connections to the Clintons, I am highly suspicious this was a random meeting. How did the the money? Because Downer was involved in a transfer of millions of dollars. uh, According to reports, it's now under investigation from the Australian government. Downer was an Australian diplomat to the Clinton Foundation, here's a quote from the John Solomon piece of the Hill, talking about that money. The money was initially allocated to the Clinton Foundation, but, emphasis mine, later was routed through an affiliate of the charity known as the Clinton Health Access Initiative, officials said. Australia was one of four foreign governments to donate more than $25 million to the Clinton Health access initiative dude do do you see now the problem they're having was the clinton health access initiative a portion of the clinton foundation a set aside they were using to not have to file tax returns in certain states was it what were they doing with that money Why the discrepancy? Why not report it? Did Downer know something about it? Folks... Read the two stories side-by-side. Side. The LifeZet story about how the Clinton Health Access Initiative is causing all kinds of federal and state fax, uh, excuse me, tax filing issues for the Clintons. Then read the Hill story about how the guy that starts the investigation into Trump by reporting to American intelligence officials that he met with a Trump guy, Alexander Downer, who is a high level diplomat with the Australian government is also a guy involved with the transfer of $25 million to the same subset of the Clinton foundation that is now having issues with a major tax investigation. You believe this? I, I, again, I've never felt so alive that I do investigating this case because every day I love Hannity's line TikTok. tock. I know, you know, some <laughs> like it, some do, I love it because he's right every single day as seconds pass on the clock, new information comes out. And if you just remember the names, it all starts to make sense. What was the Clinton Health Access Initiative doing? Why not report the money? Why, according to John Solomon, was the money initially allocated to the Clinton Foundation, but then Joe, wow, was routed through an affiliate of the charity. No, why? Known as the Clinton Health Access Initiative, which, by the way, is having problems in California with their tax filings. What the hell were they doing? Now to all your emails to me, why? Why were they spying on the Trump team? They need a smokescreen. Mueller's their guy. Muller's the Smoke Screen. Yeah. Let me reverse it back to the first to read the Lee Smith piece which is the title, The Muller's the Smoke Screen. You'll see it, it's in the title. They need a smoke screen to distract you from what appears to this point to be grotesquely inept at best, potentially criminal at worst behavior. Ladies and gentlemen, this is scary stuff. I read that, uh, and I thought, "Wow, Clinton Health Access Initiative." I can't believe has that been the key to this whole thing. Folks, read the piece; it's really <laughs> incredible stuff. It never ends. I'm telling you, every day I wake up trying to move on from this Russia case because the book's now almost done, and I'm a, and it's news breaks every day. We got to rewrite chapters every single time. It never stops. All right, I got a couple more really good stories, so don't go anywhere. This is a stacked show today. Today's show also brought to you by our pals at Brickhouse Nutrition. Thanks for all the great feedback on uh, Field of Greens, which is a really terrific product. I am proud to say I pushed them to produce because it's something I believe in, and that is the voluminous consumption of fruits and vegetables. God's candy, fruits and vegetables. But we don't have a lot of time to eat as many fruits and vegetables as we like. And we especially don't have time to prepare some of the more exotic ones. Some of them are even hard to find in your local supermarket. You know, kale and some of these more exotic vegetables that have just incredible properties to them. For health and vitality. It's hard to eat all that stuff. You know, we can't prepare spinach and kale and, you know, wash raspberries and blueberries and all that other stuff every single day. So what did they do? The guys at Brick House? They ground up real fruits and vegetables. This is real food. It's not extracts. They remove the water, which is upwards of 90% of some fruits and vegetables. And you get this fine fruit and vegetable powder. This stuff is like the nectar of the gods. It tastes like cherry and licorice a little bit. It is delicious. It is your fruit and vegetable insurance. I have been going through this stuff, but they can't ship it to me fast enough. They sent me four (laughs) bottles. I'm down to one left. I have to, seriously, because my kids love it. I love it. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, but you know, sometimes I work from home. I have an advantage. I can go to my fridge. Not everybody does. This is your fruit and vegetable insurance. Go give it a shot. It is a terrific product. I highly recommend it. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. No serious doctor, nutrition scientist, anyone who's worked out and eats healthy will tell you, will contradict what I'm about to tell you. The key to good health in your diet is the voluminous consumption of fruits and vegetables. We don't even know all the beneficial ingredients in there. We don't know. Not ingredients, you know, cook it. God made them up for us. But we don't even know what's in there. We know about vitamins and things like that, but people who eat fruits and vegetables, I read a study a little while ago, every, the effects on cognition, health, these are all well-established. Give it a shot. Brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. That's Brickhousenutrition.com slash Dan. Check out Field of Greens today. Okay. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. so much good stuff. So there's a piece by... Um, a guy named Sternberg in the Wall Street Journal today. Unfortunately, again, being subscriber only, I can't uh, put it in the show notes, but I'll sum up for you what it is. It's a longer piece. But uh, it's a topic that's been near and dear to my heart for a really long time. And it's the war on cash. You know, Joe and I love talking about this because mm-hmm. the war on cash is a, is a... One, it's being waged through propaganda. And it's largely... A swamp rat liberal idea to get rid of cash. Now, let me just explain to you why. And I said to you in the beginning of the show when I teased the story that cash, don't ever forget this, cash is control. Control for you. Cash is a check mark on horrible, atrocious big government fiscal and monetary policies. I'll explain in a minute. But don't forget the takeaway cash is control. Don't buy in for a second to this liberal swamp rat propaganda story that cash is somehow evil. Now, Sternberg sums this up beautifully. He says the propaganda war is being fought against cash on two fronts. The first, which I'll briefly address because it's uh, it's relatively easy to, to debunk, is, Joe, cash is evil. It's used by bad guys and criminals and all that that stuff. Yeah. They are just awful bad guys use it a matter of fact it's one of the reasons the euro uh the 500 euro note was was given the uh you know it's given the boot and they're looking to get rid of that because they say the bad guys uh, th- that's what they do they deal in cash now quickly on that sternberg says in the piece yeah of course bad guys deal in cash they've always dealt in cash but the real problem is not the bad guys the black market it's the gray market you know what the gray market is joe yeah people who pay off the books, you know, people who, you know, they hire a kid to work in whatever their deli and they pay them, you know, $10 an hour. Hey, it's off the books. They said the gray market, it's a bigger issue. And that on the criminal side, he says, this is really propaganda because criminals are very anxious about dealing in cash too. Uh, They don't want to hold it. They're afraid of getting robbed. They have no way to store it. So that's, uh, and as evidence, he points out the fact that money laundering is pretty rampant Joe, that if, you know, people money launder criminals, why would you money launder? where you take, say, cash proceeds and you launder them through a business set up exclusively to launder your money. Almost. Well, not exclusively, Russell wouldn't be money laundering. You know, you say you set up a laundromat and, you know, you don't do any real business. You're just using the front of the laundromat to launder your cash from. The reason they do that is because they don't want to deal in cash. So he talks about how, and that only, cash only appears at a couple stages of the process. Nonetheless, it's a propaganda tool to get you to believe that cash is, uh, is an evil thing. And one of the... Uh, he points out an interesting uh, 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 propaganda tool where they said that how the, the 500 euro note is called like the bin Laden because apparently international <laughs> terrorists prefer it. Folks, because criminals use something does not necessarily mean you are right to control the economy via cash should be taken away. The second point's more important, and it's something I've discussed before about this liberal and swamp rat war on cash. It is the threat to the zero lower bound. I, I promise I won't bore you. You may say, what? The hell is that and why should I care folks governments big spending governments that exist now all over the world there are very few conservative governments left ours isn't even remotely conservative anymore at the level of government spending we're at they have this thing called the zero lower bound and the zero lower bound applies to interest rates an interest rate is obviously a rate you pay. You know, If I give Joe a loan and I say, Joe, the interest rate's going to be 5% annually, I'm going to charge Joe 5% of the value of the loan annually, and that's what he has to pay me back. Okay, If it's $100, Joe owes me 105 Not particularly difficult to figure out. Well, interest rates work in both directions. But there is a zero lower bound to that for the government for one reason specifically here, and this is when they were on cash. If interest rates go negative, Joe, mm-hmm. what would that mean? If interest rates were negative, it would mean, say, I lent you $100 at a negative 5% annual interest rate. You yeah. would only have to pay me back 95 Right. You may say, well, I don't get it, Dan. Why would the government want a negative interest rate? Well, negative interest rates are wonderful for the government. Because one, if you have your money in the bank and they can charge a negative interest rate on that government, it is effectively going to provide a tax. It is a de facto. It's a. It's a de facto way to tax money. They love the idea of negative interest rates, but the only way negative interest rates would work is is by you having money in the financial system. Think about it. Right, yeah. I'm not explaining this well. I can see because although your image is locked up here a little bit, yeah, I can I can sense your confusion here. the The lower an interest rate goes, forget the negative portion for a minute. Okay. The lower an interest rate goes, the more you can induce inflation because money will be cheaper. Right. If it costs me ten percent right. to borrow money, right, at a high interest rate, mm-hmm. there's a cost to money like anything else. An interest rate is a cost to capital, right? Mm-hmm. A high interest rate means getting money is expensive. Oh, man, out of 10%, I don't want that. You want money at 0%. Right. Even better, you want money at negative interest rates because you have to pay back less. If I have to pay Joe back at 10% on $100, I have to pay him back $110. Right. If I pay him back at negative 10%, I only have to give him back 90, 90. right? Who's the biggest borrower of money on the planet right now? The U.S.G.
1: <laughs> the U.S. government.
0: Negative interest rates for them are great. What do you mean? We can borrow the snot out of money and we have to pay back less money later? Yeah, baby. Now does it make sense? Mm-hmm. They love neg- those, mm-hmm. negative interest rates as low as they can go. But think about why negative interest rates are bounded by this zero lower bound in a cash economy. Because, Joe, in a cash economy, if I have a $100 bill, mm-hmm. the negative interest rate, that $100 bill is still worth 100 yeah. on its face yeah but when i put that hundred dollar bill in a bank and the bank follows the government plan and induces negative interest rates onto your checking or savings account when i go to take that hundred dollars out a year later i don't have a hundred dollars anymore is this making sense yes, perfect sense yep now what do people do in response to negative interest rates they take their money out of the bank right. because once you put it in a safe and you have cash, you're not as subjected to it because the face value of the money is the same. The the face value of the bill is $100. It doesn't change to $95 at any point. Okay? Okay. People pull money out. You're seeing it in Japan where the threat of negative interest rates induced a whole bunch of people to buy safes. The safe business was exploding because people were taking their money out of the banks and putting it in safes. True story, by the way. I did a whole show on this. I love this topic. Cash is control. Governments desperately want to get rid of cash because they know their negative interest rate wearing down the value of their debt program through negative interest rates. The government owes $20 trillion. If interest rates go up, Joe, do you know what the interest payments on $20 trillion would be if government interest rates were at 10%? Oh My gosh. You bankrupt the government in a couple of years. They don't want that. Big spending governments around the world don't want this zero lower bound. In other words, they know they can't go below zero in a cash economy, Joe. Mm-hmm. Because you can't take, you can't change the numbers on the front of a cash bill. Gotcha, gotcha. So cash is control. It is your political control over horrible monetary and fiscal decisions. Central bank, in other words, and government spending decisions. They love the idea of negative interest rates. So it's a really, really good piece. It talks about how these are just propaganda tools. Uh, you know, that that's that's how they wage the war. The black market, the gray market. And, oh, we're bound by the zero lower bound. You're not bound by it. We're holding you to it. Cash is control. Don't fall prey to this. I love this story. It's, I, I, you know, I don't mean it to sound too conspiratorial, but believe me when I tell you, Inflation is a tax, and so is a negative interest rate. I'll give you this example I've given before for new listeners, in case you believe any of what I'm telling you is not true. Some of you have heard this before. John Maynard Keynes, who was the eponymous founder of Keynesian economics, a disastrous economic system claimed to be used by Democrats to justify exorbitant government spending. Even Keynes himself, who today would be considered a semi-liberal economist... Even Keynes himself acknowledged the pernicious effects of inflation with regards to taxation. Here's an example he gave, and he'll show you how inflation and low interest rates, which can induce inflation, below the market rate, by the way, mm-hmm. how inflation works for governments. If you want to spend as a government 25% of the economy and what the economy generates, say the United States economy is worth $1,000, right. like, we're Like, just using round numbers here. If the government wanted to spend a quarter of that, they could tax the economy at 25% and they could take $250 through taxation. However they do it, a value added tax, an income tax, a payroll tax, a flat tax, 25% tax. Make sense, Joe? Yeah. The government says, we want to spend a quarter of what everybody in the United States produces. They produce stuff. uh, They produce stuff worth $1,000. We're going to tax at 25%. But Keynes, like, Cain brings up a great point. He's like, well, there's another way to... Pull 25% of the value out of the economy. And people may not even know about it. The government can control the printing of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does it do? The government prints 33 extra dollars. So you had, a uh, excuse me, 330 in this case. 330 extra dollars and puts it in circulation. So before you had $1,000 in circulation, right? Makes sense? Mm-hmm. Now the government just prints 330 more dollars but instead of putting it in circulation it just spends it. Now people are like this is great Joe there's a thousand it was a thousand in circulation I wasn't taxed at all and look the government just printed money and bought whatever it wanted. Mm-hmm. Now there's a $1330 in circulation the 1000 of the economy's worth 330 the government printed and spent. What's 330 of, of 1330 roughly 25%. You may say, damn, what's the problem? The government just printed the extra money, spent it, nobody gets taxed, that's great. No, no, no. That's not the way this works. When you print that money, the value with $1,000 in circulation now goes down because it's more money chasing the same products. They just printed the money. They didn't create any new value. There's nothing new. The $1,000 that was chasing 1,000 products is now $1,330 chasing the same 1,000 products. Prices go up and your money's worth less. Either way, you get taxed. Big government hacks love inflation. The lower the interest rate, the better. Negative if we can. Put your money in the bank and we're going to tax it every day through a low interest rate. Negative at times. Cash is your wall it's your control mechanism to stop that don't get suckered by this i'm just saying because i i don't it's not a you know in the united states i i know people people are generally smarter to to this kind of stuff but overseas stuff like this is already happening euro get getting rid of those big euro bills japan's push for negative interest rates this stuff's already happening i'm not making any of this stuff up All right, what do we got time-wise here? All right, we're good. I'm going to fit in one more story. I told you today's show would be stacked, so. Yeah. Uh, What should I do? Let's do this one. So Dan uh, Horowitz has a really cool story up at Conservative Review. Now, this is for your liberal friends. Uh, one of the ongoing themes throughout the show, I love economics, as you can tell, has been the benefits of tax cuts and how they historically have not impacted tax revenue. Folks, when you look at the results of tax cuts over time, from John F. Kennedy to Calvin Coolidge to Ronald Reagan to George H.W. Bush, one of the myths liberals will tell you the propaganda tools is that, oh, tax cuts are going to harm government tax revenue. Right. Um. I, personally, Joe, I don't I don't care about government tax revenue. I care about your tax, uh, you know, your revenue, not government tax revenue. But the liberal talking point is that we're going to starve the government. All, everybody's going to die if we cut taxes. I'm telling you, <laughs> categorically, there is little to no evidence that that is true. John F. Kennedy cut taxes. Tax revenue went up. Ronald Reagan cut taxes. Tax revenue went up. George W. Bush cut taxes. Tax revenue went up. Mm-hmm. Why am I bringing this up now? Another great piece in the show notes from conservative reviews, Dan Horowitz. We're now getting, Joe, the first tax revenue data from the Trump tax cut. Now, the CBO, Joe, I took some notes on this. Where are they? Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. The CBO, you know the CBO, Joe, they're always right. No, I'm yeah. giving you the wink and a nod trust, here, of yeah. course. Yeah, always trust the CBO, of course. The CBO had said these Trump tax cuts are going to cost $144 billion lost to tax revenue in 2018. Okay. Okay. We now have the February numbers for 2018. The February numbers contrasted with the 2017 February numbers. So according to the CBO, Joe, we should have lost a boatload of money in February due to the Trump tax cuts. What happened? They're up. Tax revenues up. Wait, what do you mean tax revenues up? (laughs) So liberals, chicken little, the sky is falling, didn't come true. Tax revenues up $1.36 billion. Folks. All right, it's one month. I am not going to be hyperbolic or exaggerate to you that (laughs) one month is indicative of... We may lose some tax revenue later on. I'm simply telling you, I'm not making a causal inference. I'm simply suggesting you that the left's correlational story... That tax cuts will lead to tax revenue losses to the government. I have not been proven historically. Have not been proven now. They have no evidence of that whatsoever, and their theory is entirely garbage. Thousands of Americans would die. Th- thousands of Americans will die every time there's a tax cut. Is <laughs> <as> Bernie? Oh, <laughs> I love that's my one of my favorite my drops too. of all time. Thousands of Americans will die. That's what they always say, but it's not true. Ask your friends to go to the tax tables, go to the government's own website, and show you where an income tax cut produced a loss in revenue to the government. It hasn't. Show them this piece. The February numbers are in. We're up from last year despite the tax cut. Now, income tax revenue did go down a little bit, but gross revenue went up. Why? Because what happens with a tax cut and what happened with this tax cut, Joe, happens every time. Income tax rates went down, people took some of that money, they bought more products, they invested in their businesses, and they did what? They hired more workers Mm -hmm. who were paying more what? Payroll taxes. So income taxes went down slightly, but payroll taxes went up by more. We're not going to lose money in a tax cut. You have no evidence of that. Send them the article. Ask them to explain that away. It'll be in the show notes today. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's show. This was some really good stuff. I was super excited, as you can tell. Uh, Check out my NRA TV show tonight, 5.30, live at NRATV.com. It's also available on Amazon Fire uh, and Roku uh, on NRATV.com for free. Go check it out, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I'll see you all on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.